0: Have you been shadow banned by the liberal media? Free market got you down? Do you get ratioed on every Twitter post because of your shit takes on literally everything? Then producer Dave and HK are probably watching your three-hour dissertation on how a tomato cannot possibly be a fruit because gender and critical race theory can be cured with ivermectin. The Intellectual Dollar Tree, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Please leave it a one-star review on iTunes. Check out the rest of our schedule at ecoplexmedia.com.
1: When they actually spend their time listening to this show, what does it mean?
2: It means we're winning.
1: From the police, assault, no revolution instead Your body beaten blue and red And a bright white light on the horizon instead Then the napalm drops and the flames won't stop Ten teachers dead, preachers dead, soldiers dead, cops The napalm drops and the flames won't stop Ten teachers dead, preachers dead, soldiers dead, cops What you gonna do when no one comes for you? You better, better make a plan for the wasteland So what's your plan for the wasteland? No mutants and martyrs, just malnourished kids Telling stories about all the fun stuff we did No gas for the car and no shells for the guards So stay back, relax, let the cannibals come You wish they were zombies, but there's breath in their lives What you gonna do when no one comes for you? oh? What you gonna do when the hungry humans come for you? you better, better make a plan for the wasteland So what's your plan for the wasteland? What's your plan for the wasteland? So what's your plan for the wasteland? Would you rather be starving? I would rather be gone. I would rather be dust when the bombs come along. So I'd fight with the dying when you could rest and be dead. We all need survival like a hole in the head. Pray you're safe and you sound. i sleeping the ground. They're the first fucking target in this quaint little town With a gas game you choked, when the fuck can you drown? What you gonna do when no one comes for you? Oh, what you gonna do when the consequences come for you? You better, better make a plan for the wasteland So what's your plan for the wasteland? Ain't got no plan by the Wasteland Thank you for the ghost sand for the Wasteland You're up at Japan by the Wasteland You got no plan for the Wasteland So what you gonna do When no one comes for you You better, better make a plan for the Wasteland You better, better make a plan for the Wasteland
3: Hey everybody, welcome to The Plex. We do the show live every Sunday at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Uh Please support this project. Just go to echoplexmedia.com, click the support tab. You can donate, you can buy merch, whatever, whatever. Uh, quick announcement, uh, on Operation Catterday this week, uh, we're going to have uh, Patty Kay and uh, the Ruffies manager Chase will be here, possibly other members of the band, and we're going to be doing some giveaways of the Everywhere's an Island album. That album doesn't come out till April 1st. You'll be able to get it about a week before it comes out. Um, you'll also, if you win the digital copy, you will get the 24-bit masters, which will only be available here. And we might give out a couple custom Ruffy shirts with Plex Media logos on them with the, with the cover art from the album, if we can get that together in time. So that's going to be super cool. Um, <clears throat> we're not really trying to announce it too much to the local music scene because we're doing it for the people here, actually. Uh, the people who that album has been the soundtrack or part of the soundtrack of viewing experience for over a year that we've had the Wave Masters. Uh, they had some problems uh, just with getting stuff done as a punk rock band might. And so big ups to the Ruffies for giving us the Wave Masters as soon as they were done. I've been good friends of ours, and uh, we'd like to make sure that some of you out there are the first ones to have that have that album because I mean, why wouldn't you want to be the first one to have that album? We're doing the giveaways a couple different ways. Um, we're going to do a couple via the bot, and then we're going to do some kind of scavenger hunting things. They'll be fun. The scavenger hunts will be on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Mastodon, as well as in our Discord server. So it'll give people an opportunity to not just buy the luck of the draw, but maybe to use your skills as an Internet researcher sleuth to go ahead and get the get the albums. We may even have some physical copies to send out. We may even have some physical copies to send out. And on the good side of this, too, if you don't win, you'll be able to buy the album in our shop before it comes out. Uh, you'll pay a little bit more than you would at like Bandcamp when it comes out on Bandcamp. But the idea there is so that um, you're supporting both this project and the Ruffies. So it'll be a little bit more. But again, the, the digital will include the wave masters as well as the uh, MP3s. The Wavemasters will only be available here. Uh, you'll be able to buy if, if the physical albums are done, we'll be able to send out CDs. Um, we just don't know if they're going to be ready by the 25th yet. If they're not ready by the 25th, we may let you pre-order them uh, here. And uh, again, we're going to charge more, but it's because the split, the split's going to be better and the ruffies are going to get more money and uh, we'll take a couple bucks off the top two for providing it. But most of the money w- will go to the ruffies, And so, you know, if you want to support uh, Patty K's project and whatever, it's not going to be like 50 bucks for the album, but it'll be, you know, 20 and that'll we, we, we have a meeting uh, tomorrow. We're going to work it all out, but it should be great. And uh, I figure the uh, people that listen to the podcast hear the Ruffies all the time. Uh, Don't hate the cops is a Ruffies song. If you're a regular listener to the downloadable podcast, maybe you haven't heard any of the new Ruffies stuff. If you're not listening live uh, speaking of listening live in the podcast, this week is one of those weeks where we're doing a long show for the podcast listeners. The first two hours of the show is just going to go straight out onto the pod because I didn't have time to put an upfront hour together. And I do like to every once in a while sort of give the podcast listeners a bit of a taste of what the live shows like. So also podcast listeners, you might not be getting the whole thing. If you're not watching the video, the video for this is available on Odyssey as well as YouTube, though YouTube has a tendency to want to take my stuff down because we cover a lot of conspiracy stuff in their idiots. And they can't tell, like, that, we're, <laughs> that we're, we're we're just shilling for the status quo here, baby, most of the time. So, without any further ado, we're going to get to our uh, stories for the week. Um, I'm not going to read them off because I'm just going to start going through them right now. Um, <clears throat> So, Trump's defense attorney doesn't seem like they know he knows what the fuck he's doing. Here's him on Ari Melber's show. I don't know if we're going to watch the whole thing. It's a little bit long. And uh, MSNBC tends to be a little litigious. Uh, but we'll watch some of it.
4: Now, live on the beat is Trump defense lawyer, Joe Tacopina. Thank you for being here and taking the questions. Thanks, Ari. Uh, let's start looking at this case. You have these payments. You don't deny that Trump made this payment. No, payments were made, obviously. Right. Is Stormy Daniels... I, I call them payments, of course. We'll get into it, right? Yeah, yeah. So the payments are made. Is Stormy Daniels a lawyer?
5: Is Stormy Daniels
4: a lawyer? Yeah. A lawyer? Yeah, is Stormy Daniels a lawyer? I thought, yeah. you
5: should ask this guy if he's a lawyer. Fuck it. I'd, I'd start with the very base. Like, I, I don't think she's a lawyer.
4: I right. don't think a lawyer was a lawyer either. But <laughs> well, okay. Stormy Daniels well, is not a lawyer. So she's not a lawyer. And these payments were made. And they were, according to federal filings, mm-hmm. classified on the Trump side as legal services. Mm-hmm. Um, that was false, wasn't it?
5: The payments were made to a lawyer, not to Stormy Daniels. The payments were made to Donald Trump's lawyer, which would be considered legal fees. Michael Cohen, regardless of what we all know about him now, um, and hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, is, a, is a fraud. Is, is a
3: this fraud. guy just going? Is this guy going on Ari Melber's show to incriminate his client?
5: In the Trump world and outside the Trump world, with the medallions and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, was the his Trump already going, going for an ineffective assistance of counsel defense? A way to do this to protect himself
4: and his family from embarrassment. It's as simple as that. And that money, though, just to be mm-hmm. clear on this point did go to Stormy Daniels, so it wasn't legal well, it fees, to, it was a payment. Now, it went to Stormy Daniels
5: first from Cohen. This was how Michael Cohen structured this, by the way, okay? Mm-hmm. It went to Stormy Daniels from Michael Cohen. He decided he was going to do it this way and asked for the reimbursement of what he billed as legal fees. Um, that is not a crime. It's not a crime, and more importantly— Well, I didn't—hold on,
4: because we're doing this with piece well, by piece. Well, out.
3: wait a minute. If Donald Trump knew that the money was going to pay somebody, then I don't even—I don't know. It's fucking— Probably a crime that Michael Cohen committed.
4: Yeah. I didn't say or ask if it was a crime. I'm just trying to get the pieces yep. in place. Yeah, You seem to be putting forward a defense that's the kind we've heard from Trump before, that, well, other people are just doing these things, so he's not in on it. One of the people is his lawyer was advising him. A okay.
3: disgraced former mob or lawyer or is what I'm yeah. thinking. How sure. how does yeah,
4: yeah. And so let's take a listen. I actually want to jump ahead to sure. something we have. This is a Trump Cohen recording um, where you have Trump in the room, informed about the nature of some of these payments. Let's sure. listen to this audio recording.
6: I need to open up a company for the transfer of all of that info regarding our friend David. I spoke to Alan about it when it comes time for the financing, which will be... Listen, okay. what financing? We'll have to pay you. So will pay you okay. No, 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 no.
4: When Donald Trump saw
5: Donald Trump system, was like, what if we just get, do a
4: suitcase of cash and is saying yes and pay with cash. That doesn't I mean sound like of
5: cash. It means instead of financing the payment over months or years. Right. But that write a check.
4: OK, yeah. that doesn't sound like someone who has a lawyer who's gone rogue. It sounds like someone who is using who's gone rogue. this lawyer to send the money to Daniels. And the problem potentially for your client in New York is whether this was misclassified aka illegally written down as something it wasn't as a payment for legal services what would be illegal about it well i could show you i know you like to ask questions what would be illegal about it here's what he was called in the federal case individual one those were the cohen charges and you refer to that to say that that was Well, that was campaign finance law violations.
5: Right. 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 And here is something that the federal government chose not to bring against Donald Trump.
4: Well, as you know, they were not allowed to under DOJ rules in a federal case while he was president. Oh, and then he
5: was not president and they still haven't brought cases against Donald Trump. This is true. This
4: is true. Now, let's you Uh, ask them. this Would become a crime or not. And again, the authorities will determine that. But if you're making the defense, I'm trying to understand. What the defense actually is, because here's how it was put by the feds. Mm -hmm. Cohen, with the assistance of Corporation one, arranged for the purchase of those stories to suppress them and prevent them from influencing the election. Uh, The new reporting is I want to get the benefit of your response. Prosecutors could argue that one hundred and thirty thousand dollars became a donation to Trump's campaign under the theory that the money was silencing Daniels benefiting his candidacy. So two part question. Why? why lie about this and why misidentify the payment if it was legal and second your response to that theory of the case a donation to his campaign by himself
5: okay that's what it would be this is very different look john edwards remember that case where a third party paid for john edwards uh mistress who was pregnant with his baby and Mm -hmm. all that stuff that was a third party. that was a donor okay okay he was acquitted and the doj dropped all charges on the hung counts on Mm -hmm. that
3: well, was he acquitted or did the doj drop the charges those are
5: actually two different things with his own money here's the bright line test and here's where this case falls miserably and by the way yes i'm his lawyer so you would expect that from me Ari. but what you have here is legal scholars former members of the of the federal election committee have publicly stated there was no crime here no campaign law violation because here's the here's the deal first of all there's a crucial distinction between um separating campaign funds from personal funds right and on personal fund usage Here's the bright line test, and it, it ends this case. It ends any case uh, regarding Stormy Daniels. If the spending or the fulfillment of a commitment or the expenditure would exist irrespective of the campaign, it's not a campaign law violation. End of story. This would exist irrespective of the campaign.
4: You're making a potential defense that Sorry. he would have paid this out regardless. It's it's not only would I say that his uh-huh. his lawyer at
3: the time who pledged. This him, guy's an idiot. He's like outlining what his strategy is going to be on fucking national TV.
5: To all sorts of lies and frauds, who's now a cooperator, said that on the roof. He said that on the roof. Can
4: you point to other payments that Trump made like this outside of a campaign? During the time of the campaign? Outside of that campaign year. In his other many years on planet Earth, has he ever made a payment? Like How would I, I,
5: I have no idea, Harry. I have no idea. But Donald Trump is a litigious individual who gets sued by a lot of people. OK,
3: no, that's not what litigious means. Litigious means you're the one doing the suing.
5: Litigious doesn't mean you get sued all the time. Time things are settled. I've represented hundreds of people in similar situations where they make payments for what's called a nuisance settlement. Look, $125,000 to me is not, I mean, to you it's nothing, but to me it would be important. But to Donald Trump, it's an, what's called a nuisance settlement, okay? And and when you do that, it's to make a problem, an embarrassing problem go away. It doesn't mean it's real because he vehemently denies an affair. So it
4: doesn't mean it's real or not. Yeah. It means you're settling something to not have to deal with the aggravation it's, of it. It sounds like a lot of money to me. And, so. uh, We've never, you know, done that much together. But if you were at the Early Bird special with me, you'd know I, I like to keep things as That's cost right. effective as possible. That but, big bank but I'll ask you this. If all of what you say is true, it is. Then why was Trump hiding it and lying about it at the time? And I'll play that for your response. Mm-hmm. He lied about it. We all know that. When Take a look. About Take about. a look. Let's see. President, did
7: you know about...
5: that is that's what you're going to consider a lie a lie to me is something material under oath in a proceeding oh, i didn't say that. well no,
3: no no wait a minute no you can i'm going i can lie to you right now i'm not under oath i probably lied to somebody in the last 24 hours not under oath that doesn't make it not a lie
5: yeah, but that's not a lie. That's co- that's not a lie. Here's why it's not a lie. That's not a lie. Here's why it's not a lie. Could you put did you know about this? Did you did you Let me ask Did you know about this? No, I don't. No, we don't need that. Here's what. Why it's not a lie.
3: Yeah, we don't need you to have come with fucking. Settlement. We don't need you. Please don't come with things printed out. So this is unfair. You've shown up prepared.
5: Violating the confidential settlement. So is it the truth? Of course it's not the truth. Was he supposed to tell the truth? He would be in violation of the agreement if he told the truth. So by him doing that, you by wanna, him doing that,
4: he he was abiding by not only his rights, but Stormy Daniels' you rights. Wanna, it seems like some, we're drawing some, some blood here because you're having a strong reaction. He did lie about it. And in a confidential settlement, you can easily say no comment or I'm not getting into it. it does, he says, but, but, and the reason why I look at this, he says, no, no, I didn't know lawyer, about it. But he did
5: know lawyer. about it, didn't he? You know, here's the thing i don't know the timing of that video i really don't and i'm not trying to play games april with you. april 28th yeah, but i don't know the timing of that video in relation to the timing of the other video where he was speaking to michael cohen what was the date
3: wait a minute this is his lawyer and he doesn't know the timeline
4: video do you know uh, yeah we have the cohen recording this was around the 2016 campaign pre-November. So that was 2018 right. later. Uh, the original conversations were in the uh, fall of, of 2016. 2016. Yes, sir. So obviously he knew about it, but what he decided
5: to do was not violate the confidentiality clause and provision of that agreement, which was the right thing to do. So yeah, he could have said no comment, or he could have said, I don't know anything about it, which is what he did. But that's the right. I would advise my client.
3: He didn't say, I don't know anything about it. He so said, no. Or a
5: journalist or some young lady on the September street. September 2016 is the exact date. But but, but whether he's speaking to a, a journalist or some mm-hmm. young lady on the street is shouting out a question, that is not the form for him to go into detailed questions about a
4: confidential settlement agreement. So let me tell you what I'm hearing, because, again, people deserve to know all sides of this as we go into what may be an unprecedented indictment of a former yeah. president or not. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. It sounds tonight like what you're saying. I appreciate you coming here and taking the questions. Not everyone does that. It sounds like you're saying you have a legal attack on the potential campaign finance violation. And you think you have.
3: Yeah, somebody in chat has a good point. Like if if you have a history of stiffing people on payments, who's going to take your case other than like a slimeball lawyer that might be doing it to like raise their own profile?
4: Precedent that helps you, for example, the federal Edwards case, which Jack Smith oversaw and lost Correct. Um, to make the point that you don't believe that is a tight, open and shut finance felony. That's number one. And number two on the misdemeanor case, which is there is no more legally okay. minor, but is not zero. And you and I can point to individuals who've had trouble with misdemeanors. Sure. It seems that you're saying, well, yeah, you know, no, he lied, saying, yeah. no, no, he lied. It wasn't really legal services. Stormy's not a lawyer. What did you that? say?
5: I said his lawyer advised him to pay him his legal services. And that money, and went, to but money was, went to Ms. Daniels. The money went to Miss Daniels before that. He was reimbursing his lawyer. His lawyer sent him an invoice for legal services. Wait, that's, that's even worse.
4: Case. So he I lied. Think. He,
5: he lied on like, he It sounds on like on you're
4: saying, one, not a campaign finance crime, and two, well, the misdemeanor, sure, maybe. But maybe he lied about it, but but, but the, you don't want to deal with the misdemeanor. No. You're kind of
5: admitting part of the misdemeanor. No, I am. Ari, Please don't put those words in my mouth. I'm not admitting he's not guilty of But they weren't legal crime. services. His lawyer classified them as legal services. His lawyer sent him an invoice for legal services. His lawyer told him they would be properly classified as legal services. He relied on his lawyer. But here's the thing. Even if you put in your checkbook or I put, I'll use me as an example. I put in my checkbook. I bought a car and I wrote, uh, I, I purchased a horse. Mm-hmm. That's That's inaccurate. That's a lie maybe. But there's no crime there. Because there, this filing- But this wasn't what, this isn't about what was in the memo of the check. For the purpose of influencing an election. There wasn't something being hidden. There was no obligation to- This this is is fucking amazing. Campaign committee
4: at all. Well, I suppose the question then becomes, did any company owned by Donald Trump or controlled by him or Donald Trump personally tell the government this is legal service? I'll tell you why. That would be false. The
5: government being the United States government, the answer is absolutely none. Here's the thing. So can we substantiate years, that? Three, what the, well, I, first of all, I don't need to substantiate anything. They need to substantiate a charge, right? Well, in a, in a, a, in a criminal you, court of law, that's I'm, true. I'm tell, well, sure, well, here we are, they have the here, burden. Here we are. Well, not
3: No, but him. you're on a TV show. You're on like a, like a talk show. You're not in a criminal court of law. He's
5: not... Yet, but I don't need to. But you discourage. sound like someone who's bracing for a charge. I, only because I'm listening to this stuff. I still hope that then I can do this, because I think this will be an enormous stain on the legacy of that district attorney. Look, for the last three years, they have scoured every record of Donald Trump. They actually, this Pomerantz in
4: his book wrote. Let's get to, I'll give you one more. I'll get to Pomerantz. He wrote in his book. I will book. get to that. Okay. So we're going to close this out on the facts, as I said, and then we'll turn to what I think you've raised, which are fair questions that the DA should face. Before we turn to that, your colleague went in and made a case to the DA. Uh, can you tell us anything about that? A case against Well that diamond. Would, First of all, the the point person on this case has been
5: Susan Necklace. Yep. Who's one of the top lawyers in the city. I worked with Susan. We've known each other for many, many years. So she's been interacting with them, number one. Number two, this has not been a tell us what you think and we'll tell you what we think sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. We are shocked that this has gotten this far, especially after the Pomerantz's grand jury seeks we'll to law. I'm th- not,
4: I'm just Do you think this. she was able to make any headway with them? Was she able, for example, you're telling me, hey, here's my response to the misdemeanor and it's not really a strong campaign finance case. Yeah. Did she say stuff like that? She made all the arguments that we needed
5: to make, I'll tell you that, whether they were listening or not. Look, to me, if they're pursuing this matter, it's weaponizing the justice system to keep this guy out of office. Donald Trump is going to win the election. And if they bring this case, I believe this will
3: catapult. Donald me. Trump's probably not even going to read because the
5: primary. We're in the primary. They are weaponizing the justice system. They're taking the vote that's not, out of the voters' hands. But Joe, that's not really relevant, is it? Oh, it's certainly relevant. What's not relevant to what? Relevant to what?
4: To his innocence. Either he's innocent
5: or oh, not. No, it's not relevant to his innocence. He's innocent. And if they bring this case because he's innocent, this will
4: catapult him to the white. House. Okay, Let me rephrase that. Appreciate it. So I appreciate you taking the questions. We've had a back and forth. That's all about your client's potential legal exposure. Yes. There's another piece to this story. Um, and that is the conduct of the New York D.A.'s office. You have a lengthy letter here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been waving papers around. Uh, you can wave this one around all yeah. you want. And you say a legal theory wouldn't pan out. The New York D.A. simply pivoted to a new theory because it was determined <laughs> to identify an alleged crime. Pomerantz, you mentioned this former prosecutor who was detailed there and his colleagues, kept trying to bring back the case From the dead. Now, this also is important. Whether people agree or disagree with your representation of Donald Trump, you're here. You're definitely a newsworthy person right now. Let's listen to some of what we heard from Mr. Pomerantz after he left the office and did his book tour. Sure.
8: When you describe your reasoning and the debates between you and your team about the hush money thing, are you giving a potential lifeline to donald trump's
9: defense lawyers i don't think we've given the defense any kind of leg up i don't know what's going on behind closed doors in the da's office uh and i don't know what evidence is being presented i don't know whether charges will be brought
4: the evidence is there it may not be as sweeping an offense or an offense that involves so much money as the financial statement case but it's still serious misconduct i hope that case is brought. Uh, for the benefit of the public record, mm. what is it that you allege that is improper about either Mr. Pomerantz or the function of the DA that is provable sure. um, that you think should be Pro- on the record? I have an agreement that he signed when
5: he left his Paul Weiss, which is a Clinton affiliate law firm, by the way, yeah. as an aside. When sure. he left Paul Weiss that's to your join. Opinion, but go to ahead. Jo- it's not my opinion. It's a fact they raised money for the Clintons, but it. it's whatever it is. He went to the district attorney's office as a prosecutor. You know, in his great book, he told his wife that not only did they not pay him, he would have paid to prosecute Donald Trump. Think about that. Let that roll around your head for a second. Prosecutors are supposed to be blind when it comes to dishing out justice. He would have paid to prosecute Trump, he said. Then he goes in there looking for a crime to fit the person. It's not supposed to be that way in our system. It's the other way around. Then he takes in, he signs a document. And in that document, it says, if you reveal Grand jury information, which is any information yep. according to this document that you get during this investigation, he wasn't there as a, a pedestrian. He was there as a prosecutor, a pedestrian with fiduciary obligations and confidential agreements. And if you reveal this to a third party, it's a felony under New York State law. Well, be damned. He just decided he was going to write a book. I believe his license will be taken from him, and I believe Alan Bragg is going to look for criminal charges. That's what I believe. That's what I've heard. But we'll see what happens there. But hard here's for what who, he said: for who? District Attorney's office. From someone currently working in the office Correct. said Correct. what that they're looking at the conduct of Pomerantz in violation of the grand jury secrecy laws. It's it's black and white. It's in his agreement. that Why he would they
4: tell you that right now?
5: Because I've been interacting with them on that topic.
4: Would you say that this
5: morning for of David. Sure. You have a sworn affidavit. You want me to sign? Well, up, so I, right mean, I don't say that. I, I wouldn't say it on television if I wouldn't say it in the sworn affidavit.
4: OK, well, it's a heady. Uh, it's a heady so, allegation you're making and, and you're citing the current and, DA's and, office. And it's. And it's and it's a factual allegation. He signed a document. So here's and, the question. So no
5: again, one, Alan Bragg went on television yeah. to say what he's done is in violation of grand jury secrecy laws. And we so reported that. That's and not I'm shocked I'm, I'm, right? gi- I'm giving you time give, on this. Tie up, though, the public. Go ahead. Thing. OK. Here's what he said in his book, which was clearly one of the most biased things I've ever written, beco- read, read, because he said he wanted to get Trump. He wanted to find a crime to fit Trump. What he said well, when Nobody else it, ever wrote a bias Stormy book. The Hush Money case was the zombie case. It's the one that no prosecutor would touch in a million years. And it's funny that we have now reduced ourselves to the point of relying solely on Michael Cohen, a guy who's a convicted liar, to bring a case. I mean, there's against. wiretap stuff. President Trump, when they have nothing else. They scoured for three years. You know what's interesting? You're jumping,
4: I gotta say, you're jumping around because I wanted to give you time on the Palmeres piece. You're jumping around and as a, as a reporter and fact checker. I have to say we have the Cohen receipts. It's not just his word. Your point is he he was convicted and he was convicted Correct. of these crimes. But we have we'll put up on the screen for people to remember multiple receipts of these payments. This is uh, I think we have this in part one, our Cohen payments, which he made. So not those suit, checks right. are signed by your client, Donald Trump. That is not Mr. Cohen's word. Those are actively verified financial receipts. And when they talk about receipts, that's what you're facing in court.
5: Well, you know, I honestly all right, I think it's time for me to get a thicker pair of glasses, maybe, because I'm not actually ex- That says Donald Trump on it, right? That's yeah. And, 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 it's and it's from it's made made the out actual, to
4: actual to banks and it's the actual made out receipts. To, yeah. Made out to who? Will this work in New York court where you made tell out the judge to who, you please? need glasses? Made, out, made no. out to Mr. Cohen. Oh,
5: yeah. Okay. Well, there's a fact that's not in dispute. What are you talking about? I thought you were showing me a check that was signed by my client that was sent to show me. Down. And yes, he paid Michael Cohen.
4: Yes. He was invoiced by Michael Cohen for legal fees. I want to button up Pomerantz. I appreciate you taking all the questions. If... You are, for the sake of argument, correct about Mr. Pomerantz. What do you say to the D.A. defense or few that he no longer works there, that mm-hmm. they got rid of him, that this is a. They think he resigned. He did resign. But yep. what do you say to their view that whatever you think of him, even if you're right that he made chargeable mistakes. For the sake of argument, that doesn't vitiate and destroy this case against your client. What do you say to that? I say, well, according to Alan Bragg, it caused a problem for them
5: because Alan Bragg went and did a press conference saying that this compromises their grand jury investigation against Trump. So that was the DA saying that. Yeah. But, but regardless, regardless of that, regardless of that, just let's focus on these facts. Ari, these facts do not make out a crime, not a misdemeanor, not a felony, not a traffic ticket. They don't. They just don't. There is no whatever
3: this trial is or whatever this case is, hasn't even started. And this guy hasn't hasn't really gotten any discovery. So he doesn't really know what's going on here and what, what evidence is going to be presented because the whole thing hadn't even started yet. We're in speculation land right now
4: about what okay. happened in the Stormy Daniels payments. You make your point there. I'm not gonna ask you to answer for everything Donald Trump has ever said. I but do that. you are his lawyer. Here is what he's saying on the legal front. This is new from his most recent speech at CPAC. Okay. Take a look.
10: Mm-hmm. If you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution.
4: Serious question. You know what's going on in the country. You're a, yeah. a lawyer. You've yeah. done a lot of cases in New York. That's yep. how we know you. Yep. Do you have a client who is actively threatening that if he takes control of the government of the Justice Department, he will misuse it against his critics, that he will oh, try I think, to I O people from see, the DA's see, office? I see how what is your response to that? I, I, I could see how detractors
5: would say that. You know, he's a fiery speaker. But what I see from that is... Reducing the weaponization of the Justice Department. There's a committee
3: now. Wait, what? Reducing the weaponization? But he
5: just said. Has now. Did we just
3: listen to the same clip, dude?
5: This country. To oversee the weaponization of the Department of Justice against individuals. He's vowing. He's not the president. He's vowing, sir. He's vowing, quote, retribution. Retribution means getting rid of all the bad apples, all the bad actors who have violated the oath of the Department of Justice. There's a committee. It's President Biden's reign right now, and they formed a committee under President Biden for the DOJ to be overseen because of the weaponization of the Justice Department. And And it makes me ill, honestly. And you're handling this New York case. Would you defend him on January 6th? Listen. What I'm not going to do is go into. I, I don't know about all these other cases. Would you I'm, take the January sixth? I, I don't
3: know about all of my fucking clients' potential fucking crimes. Is a wild thing for an attorney to say on a fucking TV show. If I believe. Oh my
5: god. In it the case, I would certainly think that's why I'm do, involved. Do in you cases. believe in the case? I don't know enough about it. I believe in him. I will tell you that. I Joe, believe Joe, no, Ari, I'm giving you Ari, time. Ari, Joe, Ari. you but know what it, happened not, on January sixth. What's not gonna happen is I'm not gonna go into hypotheticals. I'm just not gonna do it. I, oh, oh I know what but happened.
3: the whole thing is hypothetical because there hasn't even been an indictment yet. There are, you're dealing in hypotheticals with regards to this uh supposed the thing that everybody thinks or a lot of people think might happen vis a vis Stormy Daniels this is all you're all this is all speculation would you take
4: donald trump's january 6 defense J- donald trump yeah i don't what did he do wrong i'm what asking you if think? you take the case
5: i'm if not doing were, an interview if with you, you. If there were i'm interviewing you about, would you I, take the case let's switch seats then for a minute someday we will would you take that case if they asked me to take it and there were a case depending on what the allegations were of course it's also a matter depending all right yeah depending i, I can't just say i'll take any case i don't do that as a lawyer, Joe, okay? we are I, I believe in this this man i believe in Donald understood. Trump. understood and i feel I, he's being victimized by a system and it makes me sick to my and, stomach
4: and you got time i appreciate you, you being here you are you're welcome to come back your client is welcome to come on and take the questions we think and we, you think, and we th- thank you for saying i was fair we think this is important and we discussed multiple aspects including what you say is wrong with the da's road to here i appreciate you, you coming right. on the beat all, all right thank you
3: that was pretty that was pretty good i i like how he's like oh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk about uh basically said i'm not gonna speculate but the problem is the whole thing is speculation we don't know what's the dude has hasn't gotten discovery yet if there is anything going to happen at all in the legal system the dude has no idea like what the evidence that's going to be presented is he may have some idea of what it is but um there's a whole part of the process called discovery in a criminal case and in a civil case, if any civil cases come out or, or arise out of whatever happens here. So this guy's like, I'm not going to deal in hypotheticals. Yeah, you are. The whole thing's hypothetical now. Um, I, I saw somebody in chat. Like if, if Donald Trump gets arrested, watching him try to resist arrest would be hilarious. Like if the like the. I think the, uh, it's since a federal case, I believe the U S marshals would come get him, watch him try to like resist arrest or try to tell the secret service to like protect him from the marshals or some shit. I mean, if, if, if he's going to get arrested, it's going to be fucking crazy. Um, and real quick, if, if he, if, if he does get arrested, which I am skeptical is going to happen, but if he does, as soon as that happens, um, the media wench is going to drag my fucking carcass out of bed and. She's going to take the rest of the day off and we're going to be uh, we're going to be your one stop shop for for all of that, because we know who to look for. We're not really going to be watching MSNBC, right? We're going to be watching Oreo Express. We're going to be watching like the Clay Clark uh, people. We're going to be watching Turning Point USA. We're going to be watching Daily Wire. We're going to be seeing like what the like the sort of not not the, the troops. I don't like that word, but what what are eventually who are eventually going to act as his propaganda wing, what they're doing when, um, if he gets arrested, which again, I'm, I'm pretty doubtful of. I share zoots, uh, skepticism. Failovators, Thank you for the fall. Thank you for the sub. I think you just subbed for the first time. I appreciate it. You could spend your money anywhere. I'm not sure why you spend it here, but you know, fucking a, so there's a, here's a whole other take on, um, on this matter. This is from uh, one of Trump's former spiritual advisors. Uh, We've played a lot of videos of her before. Um, Don't worry. uh, God will make sure that there's actually no indictments.
11: I told you, my children, don't worry about the things that you see, because the things that you see are temporary. What they are trying to do to your rightful president, that's a laughing matter. There will be no indictment of my son. Not the way they wanted it to go. Oh, no, no, no. The indictments. Oh, yes, there will be indictments. I promise you.
3: Oh, I bet there are the fucking 50 billion sealed indictments that the Q people were talking about. Right.
11: But it will be indictments for those want one- the ones. Excuse me.
3: For the ones. Whoa. She's doing this on Thursday at 529 in the morning. Who are Did she just get up or has she been up all night?
11: Make this indictment because this is a time of seed time and harvest. And I told you before many, many times in many other words, I've given to you. They are reaping a harvest. They have no idea what's coming.
3: I am. That's Q shit.
11: And end.
3: You have no idea what's months. coming is Q shit. Because
11: I am the great I am.
3: That was just complete, complete QAnon fucking bullshit. But I think that was a, you know, a much, you know, a much more reasonable take that God is actually preventing any of this from happening. So now we're going to move on to our local government section of the show. Uh, This is uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton uh, talking about uh, the cartels and uh, Joseph Biden.
12: You, you, you hit the problem that I struggle with because most of these people are going to Border Patrol. The Border Patrol are not our enemies, right? They're they're trying to do their job and they're being directed to do it a certain way that doesn't necessarily follow federal law and they know that and they're frustrated by it. But the, the challenge would be we declare invasion. What does that mean practically for dealing with what the major problem is here, which is this asylum issue where we would have to have some type of direct conflict with Border Patrol. That doesn't make any sense. So it makes the invasion issue more of a subset of the whole. It's it, If you declared an invasion and somehow the state could actually execute and, and, and stop the invasion, even with that, you'd still have the major problem of most people are being taken by the cartels willfully. I mean, this is all... You know, it's a, it's a partnership and everybody's part of it. The people that are being transported, the cartels and the Biden administration are all in a partnership. That's, it's not written in a contract, but that's what's going on. So that's.
3: Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Like what he was saying, it kind of doesn't make any sense. He's like, if we declare an invasion, then are we going to go after the border patrol? Well, no, no, you're not. Like, what does it even mean that if Texas declares an invasion? Is it like one, two, three, four, I declare a thumb war? Like, what does it mean to declare an invasion? I don't even know, like, is there, is there like, laws on the books where the, the the governor has power to declare a specific type of emergency that they're going to call an invasion? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Oklahoma lawmakers have rejected a bill that would have banned uh, corporal punishment for uh, kids with disabilities in schools. It seems like a...
13: Seems seems great. You know, several scriptures could be read here. Let me just read just one. Proverbs 29, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. So that would seem to endorse the use of corporal punishment. So how would you reconcile this bill with? This is fucked
3: up. They don't want the teachers to be able to be like oh that's sally she has two mommies and some people have two mommies but they do want the teachers to be able to be like whack <laughs> the kid does something they don't like totally fucking rational fucking people with scripture's counsel on
14: this matter
15: um i would say that this is limited to
14: special needs children's I'm going to allow you to have one more question, and then it you to get back in the queue, please.
13: Thank you, Mr. Speaker, uh, for your tolerance. Um, on what basis would we automatically assume? Now, I'm sure there are some cases where capacity is so limited they may not understand the rules and expectations. But on what basis would we automatically conclude that a special needs child uh, would, should not get corporal punishment?
3: What about on the basis of <clears throat> don't hit children? I know this is a wild idea, but what if it's on the basis of we don't hit children?
15: Because in this bill, it says that these are students that are classified as IDEA special needs students. Like,
3: why are they like, why is this? Why is this? Are the teachers hitting the kids in Oklahoma? I sure hope not. I imagine that most teachers just don't do it right. The kind of person who's going to be a teacher is very unlikely, I think, to be the kind of person who's going to be like, well, you know what? I can, you know, I can solve the problem with Timmy, the eight year old violence. I hope, I hope, I hope that's the case, and I imagine that is the case. That the overwhelming majority of teachers, no matter where they are in this country, don't think that uh, violence is a, a solution to a uh, a child misbehaving. But there might be some who think it is, and that's pretty bad. Um, you know, I mean, I don't have kids, but uh, if I found out, say, that the uh, Winters kids had been hit by their teacher, I'd be like, let's roll. <laughs> you know, I mean. I'd be like, let's. We got to go up to Reading, I guess. Somebody got to hit back. I mean, yo, yo, this is absolutely fucking outrageous. This is just fucking. I can't. I cannot fucking believe this. Uh, also, in the state of also in the state of Oklahoma, apparently, there's a a right to gardening that uh, one of the Democratic uh, members of the, I believe it's the State House. Uh, is going to they're going to bring up a really it's not an important point but it is pretty funny what they're going to bring up about uh, the, like it's like a right to garden bill without like the federal government like somehow stopping you from having a garden who cares what the language of the bill is it's probably dumb as fuck but here's a here's a Andy uh, Fugate, Fugate. Uh, he's a Democrat from Oklahoma City and he's going to ask a really important about this uh, question about this right to garden bill <laughs>
12: Has there been anybody that you're aware of that has been prohibited from gardening?
5: Uh, I think that
0: uh, no. I'll just I'll just say no.
5: Will this bill prevent
1: man bear pig from eating my garden? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I not understand you.
3: Did you repeat your question? You're recognized to repeat the question.
1: Mr. Speaker, will your bill prevent man bear pig from eating my garden? <laughs>
5: Uh, Thank you for the question. I really appreciate it. Uh, No, sir, it will not. Recognize for follow-up. Thank
1: you, Mr. Speaker. Representative, would you believe man-bear-pig is a made-up problem? I'm super serial. Uh,
5: If you say so.
3: (laughs) Yeah, the idea that the fucking federal government's going to come in and fucking chop down your fucking tomatoes and shit is just amazing. There are probably federal regulations about like gardening or 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 growing plants or whatever, but and they may if the if the laws are like read kind of loosely apply to somebody's garden, but I just don't imagine the federal government is spending a lot of time enforcing that. Maybe on some of the community gardens in the city, right? They probably they might be enforcing that shit on community gardens in the city, but not your backyard. It was just really dumb. It's like they'll take my uh, fucking kumquat plant. From my cold dead hands so uh we're moving on to this is in we're gonna move on to two stories from minnesota this is a republican state rep bobby harder in uh minnesota gonna talk a little bit about equality and uh just who gets to be equal and this is gonna be you know obviously gonna be fantastic we're gonna learn a lot here
7: i understand uh the um LGBTQ, okay, the whole group, you know, if, if they, they can choose who, who they wish to partner with that, that is their choose, that is their choice. The part that I have that I'm going to take issue with is that I am a woman. I was born that way. You cannot change that. So you are including people, if I understand this correctly, that are changing. Because that's their choice. I mean, they can do that, right? Uh-huh. Now, but now you're including people that were not born as girls. There's they're something else. So now they're being included. So my, the perception that I have is that now I'm potentially going to be excluded. Why? i coming up with that we are all equal, but apparently some people are more equal than others. I mean, I just I struggle with that.
3: Wait, what, this idea that if you like include people, if you give people rights. That you're taking away other people's rights is incorrect. You may be taking away privilege from some people. <clears throat> privilege may be a zero-sum game, right? <clears throat> Where when you give somebody rights, you may be taking away someone else's privilege. And I'm, I'm, willing, to, I'm willing to agree to that. That's probably the case. Um, but you're not taking away uh, anybody's rights by taking away their privileges. That's why we have two different words. A word for rights and a word for privileges. So, <clears throat> that was fucking stupid. Um, She couldn't even figure out how to like, because like there's these turfy uh, talking points about how like, you know, by letting people they would call men into women's spaces or letting people that they would erroneously call men uh, identify as women that somehow they're pushing women out, like cis women out of, I don't know, whatever the cupcake shop. Well, no, you're not. You're just letting somebody else into the cupcake shop. And the cupcake shop thrives because now you've let twice as many people or Extra people into your fucking cupcake shop. So. Also in Minnesota, if uh, people know they uh, signed a bill to give uh, free school, I believe breakfast and lunch to all students in uh, public schools in Minnesota. Well, here's a uh, Republican state representative or state senator, uh, Steve Drazkowski. Um Just not really interested in, uh, I guess, lunch.
2: Mr. President, I have yet to meet a person in Minnesota that is hungry. Yet today. I have yet to meet a person in Minnesota that says they don't have access to enough food to eat. Now, I should say that hunger is a relative term, Mr. President. You know, I had a cereal bar for breakfast. I guess I'm hungry now. Uh, That to some might be that maybe that's the definition of the bill i don't wait know. do you think they probably
3: get free lunch and shit uh, all the time in the senate i bet they do
2: oh i didn't i didn't see a definition of hunger in the bill mr president um but i
3: think most- but the bill that's because the bill's just providing free lunch to everyone it's a universal benefit for everyone so we don't need to means test it because it's a pain in the ass and some of the kids might not take advantage of it. If the kids kids whose parents have more money or whatever maybe don't like the school lunches and the parents have the means to make the kid their favorite sandwich or whatever every day, the parents can still do that.
2: Reasonable people suggest hunger means you don't have enough to eat in order to, to uh, provide for metabolism and growth.
3: Okay, so that's the thing is, this is going to, I guarantee you, like, None of the kids are going to be in love with any of these school lunches at any point, right? So this is going to kind of self-select out anyway. And it's going to really help kids, especially when when the parents are like on the cusp, right? Or maybe they wouldn't uh, necessarily qualify for the school lunch program, but they're having financial problems. You know, maybe mom just lost her job or dad's hours got cut or, you know, maybe mom's an independent contractor and she lost a client. But they can't really prove that because they haven't done their taxes yet and they don't qualify yet. So it's going to help a lot of people on the cusp or just even just regular like middle class people who are just running late and don't have time to make breakfast or lunch for their kids because people run late. If parents are run fucking ragged. And that's just one last thing that that person has to worry about on their way out the door in the morning. And even if it's a rich parent, that's still a good thing. My God. These people need to shut the fuck up. Um, don't worry, here's Tiny Dancer Ben talking about school lunches. Because usually Tiny Dancer Ben shows up at the second half of the docket, but the school lunch thing ended up on the front half of the docket. So uh, here's, uh, here's Ben um, talking about school lunches, which I'm sure he is not in favor of.
16: If government can protect kids from the sick radical left, shouldn't they also protect kids from hunger? Wouldn't it make sense to strengthen food stamps and have school lunch be free since some kids are in school lunch debt? Uh, well, I mean, if you are a parent, school lunches are not going to solve the problem of child hunger at any serious level. If, if there is a problem of children actually starving, that is a child endangerment scenario to which CPS needs to be called. Uh, if you're talking about like actual child starvation, the truth is it does not take that much money to feed a child. I know I have three of them. Uh, the, you should be feeding your child. A- How much
3: money do you make then?
16: It's that simple. There's a much deeper problem at work than school lunches if kids are legitimately starving.
3: Yo, that's the thing is, if you take the burden off during the fucking school week, that's that like people who are on the cusp or people who are in poverty, that's that much less money they have to spend on fucking food. And then the kids will end up being more likely to be food secure. And again, I just see how this just helps like middle-class people too, because that's just something they don't have to worry about it. They're like, I don't have time. I'm sorry. I didn't have time to make your lunch. You just, you know, lunch is free at school. Have the school lunch. And then they go have the school lunch with the other kids, which is good too. Cause then everybody's getting a fucking, everybody's getting the same lunch and the kids are like, oh, okay, cool. And nobody knows who the kids who are, are, who are on the school lunch program because kids are cruel and they're going to make fun of the kids on the school lunch program too. This just solves a lot of problems. So apparently, some in Florida are just trying to outlaw the Democratic Party.
6: The Ultimate Cancel Act is a bill I introduced in the Florida legislature that said that the the state of Florida would immediately decertify any political party that had advocated pro-slavery positions in their official party platforms. You know, over the years, I've watched leftist Democrats look to cancel people, places, and things, tearing down monuments, changing names of billion uh, of buildings. But all of that was because of something that happened a couple hundred years ago and a lot of it was tied to slavery. So uh, this bill is basically holding the Florida Democrat Party accountable also because it was Democrats who actually adopted pro-slavery positions in their actual party platforms. Cancel culture dictates no matter what you do now or what you say now, you basically have to pay for the sins of the past. Um, so the sins of the past in this instance is a Democrat party that actually adopted pro-slavery positions in their party platform.
3: But it wouldn't be that hard to find fucking, it wouldn't be that hard to find like individual republic. Oh, but he's saying as part of the platform, this all happened a very long time ago. And the reason we want to tear down the monuments isn't because of what political party they were affiliated with. We were like, maybe we shouldn't valorize these people who were fighting for slavery, which we outlawed after the civil war. My other thing is I think they should just do monuments for like 10 years and then put up another monument because there's just somebody else who's a badass, probably a great person in history who we could make a monument to. That'd solve the whole problem, actually. Fucking rename all the fucking schools every 10 years, everything. Just put that shit on rotation so we don't even have to fight about this anymore. But this is not the same thing. Um, And that's stupid. It's. And even I think even the current Supreme Court would find this unconstitutional. So more on um, sort of local issues here. Um, this is a teacher named Greg. He was uh, eighth grade social science, social studies uh, teacher in Iowa, and um, there are accusations that he broke the anti-CRT law. And here's a, a, a call, basically, that he uh, recorded with, uh, I believe, a school administrator, uh, the superintendent of the schools, actually, uh, whether or not he was allowed to teach that slavery is wrong.
13: Knowing that I should stick to the facts and knowing that to say slavery was wrong, that's not a fact. That's that's a stance. Is it right. acceptable for me to teach students that slavery was wrong?
17: I think it goes back to um, the part with critical race theory is that we can say this is what happened, and I and 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 again, you probably know more about it than I do, Greg. And I think that's maybe even my and Laura's both is that we're this is all new stuff. But in my opinion, is here is what happened in our history, and. We we had people that um, that were slaves within our within our state. We're not supposed to say to them, "How does that make you feel?" We can't. Wait, why How does that make you feel bad? We're we're not to do that part of it.
0: That, um, is,
17: to say, is slavery wrong? I really need to delve into it to see is that is that part of what we can or cannot say. And I don't know that, Greg, because that's I just don't have that. Um, so I need to know more on that side.
13: Wow. Um,
17: I'm sorry you know, on that, that part.
13: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think with the five minutes running down, um, I, I understand the level of support I'll be provided from here on out. I oh, shit. Um, thank you for meeting today.
3: He's like, I I understand the situation entirely. Oh, that poor guy. He's just trying to teach eighth grade social studies. And they're like, well, don't tell the kids that slavery was wrong. That's CRT. So now the former president, uh, here's him standing in front of some fucking flags. Because as you do. um, And he's going to talk about how uh, Russia isn't really even like a geopolitical adversary of the united states really um, which is a wild thing to say if you're not a fucking russian asset or maybe what they might have called in the soviet era a useful idiot
10: at home the state department the defense bureaucracy the intelligence services and all of the rest need to be completely overhauled and reconstituted to fire the deep staters and put america first we have to put America first. Finally, we have to finish the process we began under my administration of fundamentally reevaluating NATO's purpose and NATO's mission. Our foreign policy establishment keeps trying to pull the world into conflict with a nuclear armed Russia based on the lie that Russia represents our greatest threat. But the greatest threat to Western civilization today is not Russia. It's probably more than anything else ourselves and some of the horrible USA hating people that represent us.
3: I mean, that's true. I just uh, disagree on who those people might be. And I don't, I wouldn't frame it as like hatred of the USA. I would frame it as hatred of your fellow citizen, which is kind of on the upswing lately in case you haven't noticed. And I think that that is a threat. Just random, not even random, bigoted hatred of your fellow citizen is a big threat, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about me. He's talking about you. He's talking about people who might tune into this channel to the extent that everybody, most people here are United States citizens, I think, or Americans. Most people here live in the United States, Twitch gives you metrics. And, um, and so does the podcast apps. Most people are in the United States who listen to this. So he's talking about us. He's saying you hate America because you don't agree with Donald Trump which is wild then that's fairly fascistic in my never humble opinion he's especially talking these people in The people chat are like excuse me he's especially talking about me so uh here's Lindsey Graham on uh if you remember a uh this week I think it's kind of a no no kind of no big deal a, a Russian um a Russian plane kind of tried to take take out a uh, or took out a U- u.s drone and i think they took out their own fucking plane in the process but i'm not i'm not 100 sure foreign policy and that kind of stuff we don't really cover it much here uh but here's lindsey graham to be like what would reagan do
9: they shot down our drone what should yeah. our answer be
3: to be fair they didn't shoot it down they dumped a bunch of fuel on it they chemtrailed trailed
12: it well we should hold them accountable and say that if you ever get near another uh, u.s set flying in international waters your airplane would be shot down. What would Ronald Reagan do right now? He would he would start shooting Russian planes down if they were threatening our assets. American foreign.
3: Ronald Reagan would be like, "What the fuck is a drone?" <laughs> um, it was an escalation by uh, Russia, the Russian government, um, the Russian military, to take out an American drone. But I'm not sure that we should be uh, trying to start World War III over this. Seems like a bad idea. In fact, Donald Trump would agree with me based on his last, the last video we just watched that we probably shouldn't be starting a world war three with a, a nuclear power. Cause it seems like a bad thing to end up doing. I got two uh, Kilmeade, Brian Kilmeade clips from Fox news. And then we're gonna take a quick break, play a song and we'll get to the uh, second half of the docket here. Here's Brian Kilmeade went to Florida to talk to people in a diner to try to get them excited about Ron DeSantis, And it didn't really go so
15: well. What's special about this place? What's special about Tampa Bay?
2: Just, uh, you know, DeSantis is a great governor. He allows us the freedom to be able to do what
15: we like to do and no taxation. So it's a great place to live. All right. So tell me what attracted you to this lovely, handsome man 60 years ago.
0: He was good looking. Still and he, is. Yes, he is. And he was funny. It a little humor can get you a long way. All right,
15: and let me just tell you, he's still funny, right? He, he very much. Okay. Very okay. Let me go over here if I can. Sir, what's yeah. your name? Peter Shatner. All right, Peter Shatner. Why was it important for you to wear this jacket that screams Florida and come down here an hour before this opened to be on our show? Uh, Because I'm gonna direct traffic later. (laughs) He's not not funny. You you mean generally now, right now? I think we
3: have a problem in this country. I think we need new management. And I, I hope that Trump runs,
10: of course, and wins. But we'll see what happens.
15: All right, how many people here want Trump to run? How many people want Trump to win? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. We're gonna have. That's more Tampa. we will get everybody's <clears> opinions here this morning. It's a great breakfast place. I'm so glad you're up. Uh, let's go either to break. In fact, I want to go to Ainsley. Governor
11: Ron DeSantis. Watch this.
15: To run for president. Would you think at some time it's safe to say that that would be one of your goals?
11: gosh very talented brian his answer in the next hour but first it is national k9 veterans day
3: what the fuck why did they just cut to like why did they just cut to brian kelmeade playing catch with the governor whatever fox news is fucking weird i hope dominion takes them out but then like we'd have to find i don't know what we'd have i don't know what we'd do for the fucking most of this podcast honestly it's a pretty fox news heavy podcast around here especially lately. <clears throat> so here's brian kilmeade fucking i guess husband of the year i don't know what else to say about this clip this is fucking stupid i would never say this just to a friend about much less on tv
9: midtown Manhattan, welcome to fox and friends
13: Hour one
11: well we us. always say that Special dawn does dead. the shoveling at your right. house since right. you work a morning show right. she hasn't made as much spending money because i know you pay her to do that right uh, you because know, we but, haven't had any stuff but first i'd
15: like to see how she does i don't just give right. her uh money uh, well, the, uh so you her, review your, your wife's work yeah and i would do it through, through the ring doorbell have you so uh, i could i could have the money ready uh, which right. i think just got hacked <laughs> right <laughs> did, did you see it? that yeah mine uh ring doorbell oh just general i would say yesterday just just husband of the year. He's like, I
3: give my wife an allowance if she fucking shovels the snow and I check on the fucking ring doorbell. <clears throat> I, he might have been kidding, but it's not. I mean, if you're kidding, right? Isn't if you're kidding, isn't the thing supposed to be funny? Because that wasn't funny. Be funny like if it was your kids, right? But not your wife anyway that's hour one we're doing an extended uh just news segment for the podcast people everybody just kind of hang out live listeners uh podcast listeners i don't know if you really don't want to hear this nvs song you can skip ahead you should probably just listen to this nvs song this is nice guys by nvs and uh, i'm gonna take a quick break during this song grab myself another energy drink and uh, we'll be back with more news <laughs>
8: Nothing for blindness, so please excuse my sarcastic tone I'm a bit underwhelmed by the sample show <laughs> Mr. Piss-drunk fraternity guy, you keep up a asshole, bloodshot eyes. Get drunk and fight every night, idolize Bradley little woman's rights, homophobic racist and don't give a fucking hey. Drive a bigger truck, so wear your baseball cap Then decide the let everyone know that you're a nice guy I so cool, I was so impressed Lots of chicks in the barrel chest Cause you're a real man, punch for punch Gonna piss in your face while you're passed out drunk I'm a nice guy, you're a nice guy Prick with a pension for messing with heads. A broken nose for dinner and breakfast in bed. Alcoholic, paranoid, and suicidal too. But you'll probably kill her uh, before she gets away from you. She a pool, and cry All your friends say that you're a nice guy. Have a drink, this one's on me. Look, you're doing fine, losing to your disease. No, not the I'll pack your bags. Very with my cat Yeah <laughs>
3: Hour two of the podcast, part of this show, extended show this week. Thanks everybody for hanging out. Thanks everybody hanging out live, and of course anybody who's still listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you're a real one because this is maybe not so great without the video and without the chat. Uh, make sure you check us out on YouTube, Odyssey, and of course Twitch, twitchtv media where you can catch us live five nights a week, Wednesday through Sunday, sometimes Tuesday as well, depending on what's going on. Anyway, uh, everybody knows that Silicon Valley Bank uh, went under essentially uh, last week. Um, And so we're going to show you some of the dumbest takes about it. Uh, First one, of course, can't have dumb takes without Jesse Waters.
12: When the Fed chair finally raised rates, the bank got crushed. Well, why weren't they paying attention? Silicon Valley Bank is a woke Biden bank. They were holding seminars on Lesbian Visibility Day and National Pride Month. Now, if you want to hold a Pride Month, that's fine. But you got to be able to chew gum at the same time and walk. So. Keep an eye on the balance sheet, guys.
3: Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, they were like, ah, we'd like to do our banking work, but what we're going to do instead is a lesbian visibility day. Like, what a dumb fucking take. And everybody has this take. They're like, oh, they went under get, get woke, go broke. And it's like, this is a bank. Not for nothing, they're based in the Bay Area, too. There's a lot of queer people here. So if you were trying to hire people and uh, trying to get clients... Um, you would want to appeal to everyone, and so that's part of marketing. Up next, we got Rudy Giuliani, um, who has some some people still let talk in places, um, saying that this is a uh, this is a, a Democrat bank.
2: You know, they're not calling this a taxpayer bailout, but it certainly is a bailout of of sorts, is it not? It is a taxpayer bailout. So Roku decided
9: to, to to put money in a bank that would rather waste money on useless, irresponsible, non-proven green programs that cost enormous amounts of money, that accomplish nothing because China doesn't do anything to deal with the uh, climate. And uh, you might not put money in that bank, and I might not, because we think that is the most foolish kind of waste of money, but we have to pay for it. We have to pay for their political choice so this is this is a uh, i'm not talking about signature now i'm talking about svb mm-hmm. this is a democrat bank it's a woke bank <laughs> and it's a bank that makes choices based on their cult religion as opposed to
10: pure economics
3: so this isn't taxpayer money um, after the last collapse the banks are engaged in the functional equivalent of auto insurance all the banks have to put some money in this fund that will bail out banks or make their depositors whole if shit, goes, if shit hits the fan. And that's where either all or most of this money or most or all of this money is coming from. So he's just incorrect. Um, I had to look into this, actually. I didn't have to, but I decided to because it only took a few minutes to look into it. I don't know, I'm not a genius like uh, Rudy Giuliani, though, so he just knows shit without looking it up, apparently. So up next, we got Obama made the banks woke with uh, good old Tucker Carlson, because of course it's Obama. Obama made the banks woke.
9: But that's not the end of the story. In some ways, it's the beginning. So here's the part where you pause and ask yourself a question that too few seem to be considering right now. They're doing this. What are they going to get in return? Oh, something for sure. Remember that after 2008, the Obama administration, Eric Holder, swooped in and imposed DEI, diversity, equity and inclusion standards on the entire financial sector. And that's one of the main reasons our big banks are now increasingly incompetent and also one of the reasons Americans are so divided by race. Like the 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 the
3: subtext of this is that people who aren't uh, middle aged or older white men are incompetent. That's the subtext here
9: logs used the 2008 bank bailout to kill American meritocracy. Also, George W. Bush was the president um, in uh, 2008. Democracy. That's a big step, mostly unacknowledged, but we're living with its consequences. So you have to ask yourself, what are they going to do this time? They're going to use the fund that the, all the banks paid
3: into to make the depositors whole. And the investors are going to get nothing. That's it. That's what they're going to do. Now, you got Fox and Friends. They're just going to try to cause a run on all the banks, actually. I'm not kidding. Here's Fox and Friends. They're like, um, let's do a run on the banks from our uh, morning show. Uh,
15: David Sachs, uh, who's well-respected, general partner. Oh, my God, David Sachs. I loved
3: fucking watching David Sachs just melt the fuck down last weekend because the news about SVB dropped on a Friday, and David Sachs just freaked out on Twitter all weekend. So did uh, that asshole Jason Calacanis. Oh, it was so glorious to watch. Check out our "How the Tech Are You" show. i uh, We got a little bit more into uh, that uh, on on our "How the Tech Are You" show.
15: Aircraft Ventures. Uh, he's uh, on a podcast and he's saying he thinks more could, uh the more banks could go down this road, mm-hmm. and then Wall Street Journal writes in their editorial that he is a. Uh, panic spreader, Yeah. so yes. to, to take it easy today and don't let this ripple through the economy. There's other fear is, if you get rid of the regional banks, if all the regional banks say, okay, if they fail, I fail, and if we could become a country run by four major banks, we all lose. I understand not
1: ensuing panic, but I think it's time to be honest with the American people at the, at the same time. We
11: need to go to our banks and take our money out.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think if you're above that $250,000 mark, uh, that's not insured. That's not insured. I think there should be some caution right there. And I think for the people that are saying, okay, these are just the big tech companies. What about the little small business owners? Owners like um, Etsy, like this one lady that Nina was talking about. Look, I, I'm a mom and pop store. I'm just selling my merchandise
3: on there. True and this is in Etsy, but it's a marketplace. But like. Then she, If she's just selling a few things on Etsy, she probably don't got no fucking $251,000 in a single bank account.
15: Other small business owners, I think that's the real problem. It shows
11: you how it trickles down. Even if she doesn't bank with this bank, how that's it's exactly affecting right. her.
15: Uh, they were heavily into equity and all these pride days around the world. Where is your focus on regulation and risk? And I think that there's an imbalance there. And it seems like a lot of these uh, venture companies, venture capital companies were all concentrated. Well, when it was uh, good, startups in the these tech center. That's exactly right, Brian.
3: So it wasn't actually a lot of venture money that was in there. The problem was that there was payroll in there. There wasn't a lot of VCs that kept their money there. The venture capital firms keep their money in the big banks as you would expect them to. Although, I hope David Sachs lost a bunch of money. I don't think he did, but I hope he did. Well, he wouldn't even live. He just had money deposited there. It's It would have been backstopped. I think we should backstop everyone but David Sachs and Jason Calacanis, actually. Fuck those people. Anyway, those were just dumb takes on SVB. I don't know that I have a better take on it because I am incredibly biased as a person who lives in Silicon Valley and grew up came of age and started working in technology during the first tech boom. I hate these people. They ruined a hell of people's lives. Fuck the venture capitalists. And I like seeing them while out and freak out on Twitter. It's one of my favorite things in the world, watching rich people make drama about like stuff that isn't even going to affect them, their material conditions in any meaningful way. So apparently there is going to be a war about water or something like that. It's not Waters, not Jesse Waters, but it is Fox News and here's the water war on Fox News with somebody who apparently is calling himself Leo
9: 2.0. Well, i'm Michigan gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon, Tudor, I'll throw this to you. First, first they want my stove, now they want my dishwasher. What's next? Uh, are they going to take away my uh, iron next? I don't know. Mm-hmm.
11: Yeah, well, look, I'm someone who does
9: lots of laundry. I do laundry for six people every week. And so I know a little bit about this. And the last thing I need is my laundry taking longer. I'm already dealing with a low flow shower head and my kids are coming out with conditioner smashed to their head like an old Seinfeld episode. And I have to tell them to get back in and rewash. I can't even flush my toilet one time to get toilet
11: paper down because of the how
9: much toilet paper are you using? I don't
11: need a low flow (laughs) washing machine. This is ridiculous.
9: Le- leave my washing machine alone, but more importantly, leave my gas stove
3: alone. Like, come on! This is that was whack. That was a dumb segment. I'm glad that got pulled though because it's hell was stupid. Uh, Low flow shower heads are actually great. Um, Low flow dishwashers are actually great. A new dishwasher does a better job of washing your dishes than the old ones did. And if your kids don't know how to wash the conditioner out of their hair, then um, yeah, send them back to the shower. They're just kids. They're that's fine. No problem. Everything she described is just, you have six kids, yeah, you're going to do a lot of laundry, but I don't know. Maybe have the kids help you with the fucking laundry, lady. I mean, I guess if your kids are incompetent and can't even wash the fucking conditioner out of their hair, maybe they shouldn't be doing their laundry. I don't know. I don't know. Up next, we got Tucker Carlson, and he is just all over
9: the fucking place in this clip here. Just all over the place. 90 years ago in the 1930s, the last Great Depression. Nobody would have sat still from a moral lecture delivered by a bank. But they're very common now. Why? Well, a little history. After 2008, a movement emerged called Occupied Wall Street. At the time, it was at the cutting edge of left-wing social activism. And it did seem kind of organic. Most of these things are completely fake, like BLM, obviously orchestrated.
3: But Occupy Wall Street- No, Occupy Wall Street was a uh organized by uh, Adbusters and the internet activist group Anonymous. It was organized beforehand, actually, Tucker.
9: Come on. It seemed kind of real. It seemed like angry people. And some people from Occupy Wall Street turned their attention to the head of J.P. Morgan, who, of, of course, is Jamie Dimon. They went to his office, they held signs outside for 24 hours a day, and they hassled other bank presidents, too. And before long, a funny thing happened. Everybody in the media decided that Occupy Wall Street was boring. Anything about economics was boring, because who cares about carried interest? What's that? What we really want to talk about, they told you, is racial oppression and your role in it. And so we got a lot of But that's because, like, if you look at this
3: graph, right, right around 2010, where all the lines start going up, is right around where the manosphere got real big online. And the manosphere just fed into white nationalism. Like, this is the result of, like, online culture and racists getting popular on sites like YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter.
9: That Only for, like, 12 years now. An endless parade of lies about this or that, your complicity in systemic racism, police shootings. They're everywhere. Everyone's getting killed by the cops. Hands up. Don't shoot. Remember that? So we're all still talking about that nonsense, ripping the country apart along racial lines, but guess what we're not talking about? Oh, banks! <laughs> I guess who loves that, banks! They deeply appreciate that. And maybe that's why, as BLM rioters torch major cities, Democrats who took big money from big banks knelt in reverence to BLM.
3: The, I told you there was a lot going, he was like all over the place there. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, the Democratic Party takes money from big financial institutions. Fucking stop the presses. Like, a lot of, like, even liberals don't necessarily like that. Like, we don't have to get into, like, leftists. Like, a lot of liberals think that's a problem. And, you know, until we, like, dramatically change the way our fucking campaigns are financed, there's nothing you can do about it. They have every right under the current system to donate to whoever they want, just like any other fucking entity does, as long as they do it within the bounds of the law. And uh, you don't see Tucker out there advocating for campaign campaign finance reform, do you? So I I guess his just his his problem is really just that like liberals, liberals. And uh, <clears throat> to be fair, Occupy Wall Street, we didn't really get a, a lot of great people out of Occupy, right? Fucking Tim Pool, he first hit the scene during Occupy. Maybe I'll just leave it there. So here's a former presidential candidate. To the extent that she was one uh, tulsi gabbard uh talking about abortion pins
11: you celebrate i couldn't believe it when i saw in this last state of the union speech how many members of congress are walking around with a big abortion pin on their suit jacket not just advocating for but celebrating abortion on depend on demand without exception all the way up until birth or even after birth. Normalized. Wait, what are you talking about? I've seen this in places like New York. And Wait, what states. the fuck? What do you mean after birth? So this go-
3: That's no longer an abortion after birth. That's fucking infanticide. Nobody's calling for that. I mean, you could probably find some dumb fuck on Twitter advocating for just about anything, right? But, like, <clears throat> you're, like, this is stupid. She's just become, like she's become like a like a caricature of like a she's become a caricature basically of Sarah Palin at this point there were so many people for such a long time who didn't fucking listen to people like me and you know um, people at the majority report and the kind of that left his best fam about be like oh she's kind of sketch actually i don't know about tulsi and i mean we were right she's kind of sketch and maybe not so much kind of, she's sketch. She's going around, she's going around here telling you that fucking there are afterbirth abortions like that, that, that this is not happening. I mean, are, are people committing infanticide? Sure. But they're not abortion doctors. There are people who, there are people who do horrible things to their children, but that's not an abortion. Anyway, I had no idea that Mark Levin is still broadcasting, so I saw this come across my feed. I don't even care what he's talking about. Let's uh, see what Mark Levin has to say. I'm sure it'll be great. He's on Fox News.
14: Joe Biden's an economic illiterate. Joe Biden's the guy who said we need to spend more money to beat inflation. When he came into office, as you said, there was no inflation. Interest rates were negligible. Now they're through the roof. Joe Biden has destroyed our banking system. He's destroyed our food uh, system. He's destroyed our immigration system. He's destroyed our student loan system. He's destroyed our energy system. He's destroyed our athletic system. Uh, uh, And that's a lot of work. But I think he's more Herbert Hoover. And he's setting fire to this country economically, politically, socially, and militarily. And you know what? It's only going to get worse with this guy. Shortages on electricity, shortages on oil, shortages on food, people coming over the border, and on and on and on. Why? Because he's an idiot. That's why.
3: All right. Well, whatever. Um, maybe we'll not watch another Mark Levin clip for a while because that wasn't that wasn't really good propaganda. I'm not prepared to fire Mark Levin necessarily. Mark Levin, sorry. But I will... Uh, Next time I see a clip from him, I'll skip it. I won't put it on the docket next time I see it. Now for some good news. Not necessarily a palate cleanser, but this is some good news. I think everybody in the chat is going to think this is good news. You're not going to believe where it's coming from. When you see the still before I run the video, you're going to be like, how could this possibly be good news? But trust me, this this is good news
15: about i guess your loan the loan you took out at uh at uh, my pillow
12: people people are all over you about this
1: yeah there last year it actually was three separate loans as the as the machine companies continue to sue us for billions of dollars and um we had to borrow almost 10 million dollars at my pillow we're a company we're an employee-owned company i just baffles me steve you've got all
3: these Com- if you're an employee-owned company, then how is you being sued as an individual bankrupting your employee-owned company, which is a separate legal entity?
1: These are these machine companies out there, these voting machine companies that nobody even knew their name before, but everybody protects them, and yet you attack a USA company, my pillow, and my employees, and it's just disgusting.
3: So I don't know if he's... If My Pillow is an employee-owned company, I get the feeling Mike Lindell probably would call that communism. Um, but if they were an employee-owned company, then then he's just an employee there essentially, and he has part ownership of it. And if somebody goes after him personally, it's not going to affect an employee-owned company. But I get the feeling that the employees don't own the company, and that he might be m- maybe commingling funds in a way that we're going to we may learn about in a future indictment or possibly a deposition or maybe both, uh, man, there's a, still a lot of stuff left and we were, we only got a half an hour until red light. Um, let's get Marjorie the gathering here. Oh, this next clip's pretty funny. This, this, uh, this is moms. I believe this is the moms for Liberty person. Oh no, this is just, a, uh, just some lady. Uh, she's going to talk about, uh, CRT and the teaching of uh, black history in the United States.
7: Yeah. Well, and I get very aggravated because I notice the folks who push CRT do not seem to take the time to teach about Frederick Douglass, who was a great black founding father. They have erased.
3: Uh, Frederick Douglass was not a founding father of this country.
7: The work of early black people in this country, Frederick Douglass, um, uh, Harriet Tubman, many of these things were not taught
3: about them and full therefore- Wait, what, what do you mean? What do you mean we're not taught about Frederick Douglass or Harriet Tubman? Uh, Wait a minute, I mean, maybe that's illegal in some states now, who knows?
5: So founders. what we need to do is we need to get rid of the CRT nonsense and start teaching more about, what, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, John Brown, the person who, uh, Stole the a Confederate ship. Yeah. W.E.B. Du Bois, Marcus Garvey, yeah. Malcolm X, yeah. Martin Luther
4: King, yeah.
1: Farrakhan. I mean, you know, the, the list goes on. The list goes I mean, on. It's
3: she probably likes Farrakhan. It is a
7: robbery uh, of both black and white children to not teach that history because black children yeah. should be knowing that there were great black leaders that they can identify with, and
3: uh, at least she didn't mention Thomas. Sowell. Did these
5: kids know who Marcus Garvey is. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
3: He snuck in like John Brown, Malcolm X, and fucking (laughs) Farrakhan. That's fucking amazing. She has no idea who any of those fucking people are. So we're going to go across the Atlantic to Turf Island. And this is uh, something they're calling the Lesbian Project. This is going to be one of those things where they're trying to pit um, lesbian, gay, and sometimes bisexual people against trans people. Um, it isn't working, actually. Just so people are like aware of this, it is not working. Um, I don't have polling available, but I bet if you, I bet if you polled like l- gay and lesbian cis people, that the overwhelming majority of us are like, yeah, trans rights, uh, because we see that the same uh, tropes, the same bigoted tropes, are being used to try to take rights away from trans people that were used against us to try to take our rights away. Especially those of us who were alive when that happened. People a generation older than me. I mean, I mean, just even just 10 years older than me. They know what the fuck this is. Anyway, this is from uh, GB News. This is Julie Bindell of The Lesbian Project. Uh, if you look up uh, Julie Bindell, she has a bit of a history of... Um, well, you could just look up Julie Bindel yourself.
18: You'll see. This week saw the launch of a not-for-profit organisation, which is said to be dedicated to the understanding and enhancement of lesbian lives in the UK. The Lesbian Project is the brainchild of tennis great Martina Navratilova, former university lecturer Kathleen Stock, and feminist campaigner and writer Julie Bindle. And I'm Martina Navratilova's a turf. I'm fucking I. What the fuck? Delighted to say, Julie's here with me now. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So- the Lesbian Project, what's the genesis of this? Why did it start? What were you thinking? Well, I
0: was thinking a couple of years ago, why is it that the word lesbian and gay, or the terms lesbian and gay, have become all one word? And then, of course, we'd been subsumed within what has been known as more like a unbreakable Wi-Fi code than <laughs> a useful acronym of LGBTQQIA+.
18: Nobody yes, actually, knows what... Well, if,
0: if... You just
18: remembered it. Two S as well. As in two spirits. Yes, exactly.
0: And, and nobody knows what the extra Q is. Nobody cares, quite frankly. And i thought to I've myself, never seen well, the two you know, When I came out as a lesbian in the 19th oh, queer and questioning. It was a, it was a dirty word. Mm. It was a word that I had to get used to saying. I would call myself gay or say I was bisexual because lesbian was really terrible. There were no good role
3: models. So now what I would like to do is to do that to trans people, if that's okay with you.
0: For lesbians. There were some... The gay men that weren't exactly positive, but they were not grotesque. Yes. So we were portrayed as sexual predators. Wait, what? As hell. Wait, what are you doing to fucking trans people right now? Like, listen to you. Um, so much you could donate to a sperm bank. I mean, really yep. grim stuff. And, and now where are we? Whereas there, there's more pressure from young women, uh, or rather on young women, to identify as queer, which is their choice. But women have told me that they like the word lesbian, but they've been told in their university LGBTQIA plus groups, usually headed by some man, that, that the word lesbian is so last season. Wait, no, no, I don't think anybody is telling
3: a woman who is primarily attracted to other women that you can't call yourself a lesbian. I don't think anybody's telling people that, who the fuck is saying this? Like, she's like, oh, it's just some man at a university. Well, who? Does he have a name?
18: It's really interesting that that's now become either a dirty word again or mm-hmm. unfashionable in some way, because that long acronym, whatever we want to call it, LGBTQIA plus or whatever. Some of the stats coming out of, for instance, America are suggesting that a, a significant proportion, something up to 40 percent of young mm. people are identifying into that category. Yes. Most of them statistically must be straight. That's so,
3: right. And so. The- Wait, why do you think that? Because in the past, people didn't identify, but a lot of people are identifying as gender fluid, uh, bisexual, um, even maybe heteroflexible which is like a fun word that I like. I think they're just more, I think younger people are just more open to these things. That means they may, you know, most of the people, yeah, a lot of those people are going to primarily exist as cis people and they're primarily going to probably have, uh, opposite sex partner relationships or whatever. I'm probably fucking this up. Uh, if they, if, if they want to be like, well, you know, I might, you know, who knows, I might, you know, I might play with my gender a little bit, or I'm, you know, I might, I might have a same, same sex, uh, uh, experience, you know, I might be open to
0: that. Then wh- who fucking, okay, that's fine problem that I have as a lesbian isn't that other people want to identify as queer, as asexual, as sapiosexual, as aromantic, as all of those other ridiculous, quite frankly. To be fair,
3: sapiosexual people are probably very annoying. They're like, I'm just attracted to your intelligence. It's like, shut up.
0: Um, <laughs> groups that suggest that they have some kind of oppression. Yes. I mean, for example, um, Ruth Hunt from Stonewall took time some some years ago when she was still director to say that there were groups that weren't being best served um, within the rainbow coalition and pointed out asexuals and aromantics well who who loses their flat who loses their family for not actually wanting to fall in love for example
3: But 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 now but you don't lose your flat and your family if you're gay or lesbian or bisexual or hopefully not trans There's laws, so like the same laws that would protect me as a gay man would also protect somebody who's openly asexual. I don't fucking see the problem. You shouldn't just be able to get kicked out of your fucking apartment for being fucking anything, even late on your rent, I don't think.
0: What what was happening with young women being told that lesbian was a dirty word, was that they were, of course, therefore, identifying out of that category
3: but who's doing this i don't think anybody's saying that lesbian is a dirty word i know hell lesbians i don't hear any of them complaining about this
0: have research such as that that you've cited where 40 percent of all um people in a particular age group say that they're part of this big rainbow coalition obviously that doesn't mean that they're either lesbian or gay it means well no because we've we've
3: We've like we're like come on in. Most of us are like come on in, baby. Come on in. We got you. We've been through this. We're to some extent we're at the we're on the other end of this. We got you. I don't see what the problem is. You don't got to hang out with the fuck. You don't got to hang out with anybody. I bet you don't get invited to shit. So straight people
0: identifying as queer. So what we want to know, and why I went to Kathleen Stark and then Martina Navratilova with the idea, which they were thrilled about, is. Where are the lesbians? Um, Everywhere. Home Depot. What is the The reason about lesbian life, of which there's very little and hasn't been since the 1970s? The Subaru dealership. (laughs) What happens, for example, when we marry or divorce? What happens to our children when we come out as lesbians? What about interviolent relationships? What about violence from external forces? In other words, anti-lesbian violence. You'll note that... But those are hate
3: crimes. We have laws about. The laws about that stuff... Probably in the U.K., pr- those laws were on the book prior to most places in the U- United States.
0: Term homophobia is used to cover us as well. Yes. And actually, that means anti-gay violence. Mm. Where's the research on our employment opportunities, on discrimination, on our health? And we're women, so we can't possibly usefully be lumped in with gay men when it comes... Oh, no, now she did. Uh, oh, no. A, a,
3: a g'murf. She's a gay man, a gay men, exclusionary, radical, feminist, and murph.
18: <laughs> Those issues. So are you saying that the, uh, the uh, proliferation of these various identity groups has actually muddied the waters and made it harder for lesbians uh, to, to uh, uh, you know, work together and, and be activists?
0: Yes. So I absolutely support the right of anyone to have an identity, whatever they choose. I don't, as a lesbian, want to be lumped in with uh, minor attracted persons.
3: Whoa, nobody's doing that lady. I mean, actually, people have been doing that for a while, and it's the same people that are fucking lumping in drag queens and trans people with what she's calling minor attractive persons. I would, you know. Whoa, no, 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 no. Again, this lady's old enough to know that this shit was used against us before nobody's there. I mean, again, you probably find some dumb fuck on Twitter. That's like, Oh, that's part of the fucking the rainbow coalition or whatever, but they're probably saying it because they hate gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans. And other non, basically non-cis straight identities and sexualities. Nobody's doing, I mean, again, you can't say nobody, but this isn't a thing that's happening in the gay community or in the Rainbow coalition at large. This is a a fucking trope we've been fighting against forever.
0: No, map, of which not. is the latest addition to this rainbow coalition, which means child abusers. Yes. Um, I don't want to be lumped in. No, nobody's
3: doing No, you're lying. This is, you're disgusting, actually. Fuck you.
0: Pinksters, in other words, men that like strangling women um, during sex. That isn't an oppression. That is not a sexual identity that has any meaning. So as a lesbian, what I want to know is how do we navigate our way through lives in a happy way, mm. in a way that's positive for us? And how do we come out? What happens to us when we come out? What about are health issues that's distinct from gay men and other groups without saying that we don't want those other groups to have their own research and have their own identity.
3: When we think about bigotry, okay, so the bigotry against <clears throat> we'll just say gay men and uh, gay women is essentially the same bigotry. That's why at the beginning it was lumped together. That's why homophobia, nobody would be like, oh, that's just about gay men. Even Fucking 30 years ago, nobody was saying, well, homophobia is only about gay men. Like, everything she said is wrong. And also, she's a <laughs> she She's like, I don't even want to be lumped in with gay men. Well, fuck you. I don't want to be lumped in with you either, but fucking them's the breaks. People fucking... G- groups happen whether or not you like it. You get grouped in with other people fucking all the time. Sorry, lady. You think I'm fucking ecstatic to be grouped in with you and fucking Martina Navratilova? and Catherine stock because y'all, I think all three of you are lesbians. No, you're fucking monsters. But I understand that like the were we do share a group identity in that we're same sex attracted people. Like, and then the shit about minor attracted people. The fuck that, that fucking shit was used against gays and lesbians, mostly gay men actually, but gays and lesbians for a very long time. Now she's fucking, She's doing the work of the fucking people she claims to oppose for them. She's like, I don't like these people that don't like lesbians. Well, you're doing some of their work for them, lady, because there's fucking splash damage on your transphobia and the splash damage is happening to other queer identities. (sighs) So we, we have to go over the main thing that happened on Twitter this week. A lot of shit happened on Twitter this week, but this is the main thing that happened on Twitter this week. This is Brianna Joy Gray asking Bethany Mandel a simple question about one of the things that she's been sort of banging the war drum about for fucking ever. And it's interesting that in an environment where she might be asked a follow-up question, uh, she has no... She got nothing.
7: Native ...Americans consider themselves very liberal and probably fewer of them consider themselves to be woke. And so, you know, when well, when we talk that about mean traditional... What to you? Right, could, could, Would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple times and I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So, I mean, woke is sort of the idea that um, so I... This is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. It is sort of the understanding that we need to, re- to- totally reimagine and re- re- redo society in order to create hierarchies of oppression. Um, sorry, I. It's it's hard to explain in a fifteen second soundbite. Yeah, take
11: look, your time.
3: Uh, you can take your time. So this was good. Brianna Joy Gray hasn't been doing uh the best work lately, we could say, right? She's been, been wrong on a lot of stuff, pretty bad on a lot of stuff. And she was she did a good job here by just being like, well, what do you mean when you say that? Because that's fair enough to ask, because it's not it's not like it's some technical term that people don't know or whatever. Her whole her whole um project has been around the this idea of wokeness. And so that was good but then fucking Brianna Joy Gray went out there and apologized essentially for it saying, "Oh, I didn't mean it as a gotcha and blah blah blah." And I was like, well, "Well, okay, thanks. You did you finally you finally fucking you finally did something good." And now you're now you wish you hadn't. Because maybe the right-wing elements of the audience over there at Rising didn't like it. So, you know, not all good things are actually good, and that was a case where, you know, It's not good. So up next is Charlie Kirk. He has a problem with the Senate, not the problem that you or I might have with the Senate, that it is a uh, non-representative body that favors uh, rural states, states without a big population center. Not that he's got a different problem with the Senate.
19: The 17th amendment is without a doubt, one of the worst ideas that ever has become A constitutional amendment in his, I think it actually is the worst amendment to the United States Constitution. I don't think it's close. The 17th Amendment, which was ratified thanks to the progressive movement and Woodrow Wilson and all that nonsense in 1913, allowed voters to cast direct votes for U.S. Senators. Now, this sounded like a very simple and good idea. This sounded like it was rational. Okay, the senators are now going to be directly responsive to voters because the way it used to work was that state legislatures used to appoint the senator through a process. And they'd say, okay, here's who we like and we'll appoint them. They also had the ability to recall them though. So basically the senators, United States senators, the way the founding fathers designed the system... The senators had to go through a filter process. They had to go through a, a vetting process of the hyper-local way of government. S- senators could not just autopilot to re-election if they betrayed their party and its priorities.
3: Um, <clears throat> voting bad. Like I said, my problem with the Senate is that Wyoming and California have the same number of senators. And that seems fucking crazy town to me, um, like completely crazy town. Like more people live in like Los Angeles County than in like, I don't know, six or seven states combined. It seems seems a little crazy town to me. Charlie's problem is that we're voting for them. <laughs> fucking Charlie, man. I got another Charlie Kirk clip here because why just do one uh, in which
19: Charlie Kirk? He ain't no hippie. I am repulsed by how the Republican Party is in harmony with the Biden regime on this. The the Democrat Party is now the party of war. The idea of the Democrats being against the Iraq war and foreign imperialism, the American Democrat Party is fully on board with what is going on in Ukraine. The $200 billion spent, the money laundering that's probably occurring, the weapons that are just flooding that entire region. The American Democrat Party used to have anti-war elements, and they have been eliminated. So now the voice of anti-war, not even anti-war, because that sounds really hippie. How about this? Yeah, I wouldn't want to sound like a hippie. America lives in a portion of the Republican Party. It lives on programs like this, on War Room, on Tucker Carlson. And you, the voters, are overwhelmingly disgusted by what you are seeing. You see your own beloved country invaded. And then you Wait, see what? your leaders send money abroad to go secure other people's borders while yours 5,000 people a day pour into our country.
3: But that's not like a nuclear superpower like dropping bombs on us. He just doesn't like immigration. He just doesn't like immigration when he, you know, and when he talks about immigration, he probably fine with it if it's coming from Europe, right? <laughs> or even Russia, probably fine with it if it comes from Russia. I mean, I think people from all over the world should have the ability to immigrate to uh, other countries. <clears throat> so I'm not mad at white people coming here, but he's mad at the non-whites coming here. And I think that's, you know, racist and we're not being invaded. We're just not. Up next, we got uh, Great Husbands over at the Daily Wire. I couldn't fucking believe this. I thought this was fake. I thought this is going to be fake, but nope. Here's uh, Husbands of the Year. Uh, Brian Kilmeade has given these people a run for their money, if you remember the clip from earlier about the shoveling the snow and shit. But I think these Daily Wire people are going to probably outdo Brian Kilmeade here.
2: All right, Matt. Uh, it's kind of a trick question because I, I hate them both equally, So, I, but I guess I would say I would rather do the dishes. But I'd prefer if she just did both of the things.
13: Michael, to you. Dishes. It's no question. I'm not sure in our entire marriage if I've ever done a full load of laundry. So I, I think I have that one. I like it. All right. Drew? Well, this is a trick question because I have not done anything around the house for 40 years. Whoa! <laughs> it's completely useless. But it's, it's clear that if I had to
9: choose, it would be, it would have to be dishes because she was just out of town for a month. And I actually
3: called her up and said, how do you do laundry? So so. These people, these aren't Are you adults? Wait a minute, aren't these the people who are like, take responsibility for your life and fucking pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Motherfucker can't even throw some socks in the laundry to put on under them boots?
13: I think dishes is the only thing I know how to do. All right, to the answers. Ben, you answered dishes. Mrs. Shapiro said, I'm not sure Ben knows how to do laundry, so I'll go with the dishes. Which he does quite often, And she threw in a little thanks, hon. Matt, you answered, I hate them both, but dishes. Your wife said, dishes. And she also threw in, he doesn't know how to do the laundry. Again, being thrown under the bus. True. Michael, you answered, dishes. Your wife said, neither. But if there was a gun to his head, he would choose dishes. And Drew, finally, you answered, I don't do anything but the dishes, if I had to. And your wife put, again in all caps here, very forceful answer, since he doesn't know how to do laundry, as we learned when I was out of town for several weeks, I'm guessing it's the dishes.
3: Well, I wish one of their wives would have said, I'm filing for divorce. Like, yo, I knew how to do laundry when I was like 10 or 8 or some shit. Probably wasn't that good at it, like I probably ruined my clothes, but I knew how to do that shit when I was a kid. A lot of the time my mom, about half the time when I was growing up, my mom was working. Half the time she wasn't. My mom didn't like work because people were mean to her because she was a woman who worked in technology in the 80s. So uh, she was not treated very respectfully at work. And my dad made signif- significantly, I'd say, a good amount of money. And so she wasn't always working. But after about 12 years old, I don't, it didn't matter whether or not she was working. She wasn't doing my fucking laundry. I knew how to do laundry. It was, it was pretty easy. Actually, you uh, modern, especially with modern equipment, doing your laundry is pretty easy. In fact, you don't even have to set a timer on a modern dishwasher or a modern dishwasher, or a modern uh, dryer. It has like a, like a humidity sensor in it and it just stops when your clothes are dry. These people are idiots. Um, they could also just be posturing though, for their incredibly sexist audience. This could all be bullshit. And I hope it's bullshit. Although, I don't know. Anyway. Here's a tiny dancer, Ben, uh, mad at Germany.
16: Berlin's authorities took action after a female swimmer said she was prevented from attending one of the city's pools without covering her chest in December 2022. The woman then lodged a complaint with the city ombudsman at the Senate Department for Justice, Diversity and Anti-Discrimination. The authorities agreed that the woman had been a victim of discrimination and said all visitors to Berlin's pools, including women and those who identify as non-binary, are now permitted to show their tits. It follows a similar incident at a Berlin water park in the summer of 2021. French I'm woman fine Gabriel with this. Sought financial compensation from the city after security guards ordered her to leave the premise when she refused to cover up her breasts. She was with her five-year-old son when the incident happened. That kid's going to grow up healthy and happy, I think. Speaking to German news-
3: Healthier and happier than you, he's not going to be afraid of titties.
16: ...newspaper, Die Zeit at the time about why she believed it was gender discrimination, said for me, and I teach this to my son... There is no difference for both men and women. The breast is a secondary sexual characteristic, but men have the freedom to remove their clothes when it is hot and women do not. Uh, no, actually, men's chests are not considered generally a secondary sexual characteristic. Oh, Ben, Ben, Ben. Uh, excited to see Germany really embracing full-on androgyny. Of course, that is not going to, um, it's not about androgyny. And teenage boys everywhere in Germany are very excited today. The patriarchy is, again, incredibly, incredibly clever. Great job, everyone. Um,
3: Yeah, I've always thought that women should be able to take off their shirts anywhere that men can. I've always thought that. I thought it was kind of stupid. Um, But whatever. Ben is just, uh, you know, just doesn't like women. Doesn't like boobs, I guess. Here's uh, Ben Shapiro talking about uh, left-handedness and uh, being trans. This ought to be, this ought to be something.
16: It should be noted, by the way, sometimes you'll hear people make the idiotic argument. This is like left-handedness. So for generations, people suppressed left-handedness in the population. They said, "Oh, well, it's bad for kids to write with their left hand," and so people were taught to write with, with their right hand. Right? And then that stigma went away. People started to write with their left hand, and over the course of 60 years, the population of left-handers in the United States went up by about 300%. The population of transgenderism in the American population is now increasing at tens of thousands of percent in certain centers of our nation's population. That has nothing to do with the natural movement of, of genetic drift. That has Wait, everything what? to do with social contagion and
3: social contagion. Or social acceptance, just like of left-handed people
16: for for which the left demands both parental and government greenlighting. The best parents are the ones who pretend that they are okay with their kids pretending they're members of the opposite sex, for example. Those are the greatest parents.
3: I mean, none of this is pretend. Like, just the way they frame this is fucking bigoted. Just fucking leave them kids alone, Ben. I know, like, yeah, just leave them kids alone, Ben. So we're going we to skip ahead a little bit here. Uh, what, what I want from Matt Walsh is more, he's doing content about pudding. And I think he should do more pudding content. Here's uh, Matt Walsh on
2: pudding. Now, as far as eating pudding with your fingers, um, you know, uh, most of the time, I would agree that's, that is, that's uncouth. But also, what else are you supposed to do if you don't have a spoon and, I, and that's some of the detail. If you're going to have this whole report about how he eats pudding, then I think we need more details about why was he eating the pudding with the finger. W- What finger? Was there a spoon or some other utensil available on the flight? And if there wasn't, then what else are you supposed to do? I ask you this.
3: Yes, yes. Air, okay. air, aircraft, both private and, uh, and commercial, uh, famous for giving you pudding with no spoon.
2: You're in a situation Where you have pudding, you know, maybe someone hands you chocolate pudding. You ask for a spoon and they tell you, we don't have a spoon. And you say, well, you do at least have a fork. I can maybe make that work. They say, we don't have a fork. What are you going to do in that situation? Are you going to not eat the pudding? You might just hang on
3: to the pudding for later.
2: Are you going to say to yourself, well, I have this delicious pudding here. I'm just not going to eat it.
3: I mean, give me a break. I'd be like, what kind of fucking bullshit airplane is this where you're giving me pudding and no spoon? That's what I would do. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here?
2: And uh, in a situation like that, you do what you have to do. What, you know what this tells me? This tells me that, that Ron DeSantis is a man who's not afraid to get his hands dirty, uh, not afraid to do what needs to be done in the moment to get the job done. And that's what I like about him, is that he gets the job done, you work with what you have, and you make it happen. And that's what he did with this pudding. And so I see it as a, <laughs> a, a, really a microcosm of what makes him an effective governor in the first place, I would argue. Matt Walsh should just talk
3: about pudding from now on. I would be a, a big Matt Walsh fan if all he did was say dumb shit about pudding on the airplane. I don't know. Don't eat the pudding. Be like, oh, can you give this to me later? So here's a clip from Michael Knowles that we very well could have run on our Thursday night cults in the satanic panic stream, but I uh, hadn't seen it and didn't include it on our cults in the satanic panic stream. I think I got it from the discord. Somebody put it in the discord. Uh, he's uh, going to call trans people demonic and he's going to use a 19th century drawing of Baphomet as uh, evidence, you know, as you
13: do. This is demonic stuff really demonic stuff. And I made this point, I got in trouble with our publicists over at Media Matters, because I said that the the attacks on man's sexual nature and sexual difference and complementarity are demonic. (laughs) And they are. And they go back throughout all of history, throughout some of the earliest depictions of demons. Even one of the most prominent depictions of demons. It comes from an artist, Eliphas Levy, who is an occultist, uh, who did a depiction of Baphomet. If you just think, what's a demon look like, you're probably thinking of this picture. And this picture is of a weird goat head with horns, and then one arm looks like a man's arm, and then one arm looks like a woman's arm. And it's got breasts, a female upper body, then a male lower body. And it's a, it's a, trans depiction. It's a depiction of a man and a woman kind of blended together in this grotesque way. And what's written on the arms, two words, solve it coagula, which means to break apart and to put back together. And this is a, a, a slogan that crops up frequently in the occult. Break everything down, put it back together in this really grotesque weird unnatural sort of way it is no coincidence that these depictions should have shown the picture in this highly highly dangerous ideology i don't know i was off i was in another window for a
3: second but i don't think you showed the picture and that you should have showed the picture so we're up against it on time here we're not going to get to everything on the docket as we never do um but i we're going to do two more here one Here's your your weekly check-in on old beef and benzos, Jordan Peterson. Uh, He's, you know, kind of as he's been for a while. Um, He's he's not doing so hot, not doing so hot. And I got to say, he's usually a pretty snappy dresser and I do not like what he's wearing here at all.
2: A panicked response to a hypothetical emergency can be far worse than the hypothetical emergency itself. And given what we all just did when... The COVID, when the hypothetical COVID pandemic hypothetically emerged, we should give a real serious second thought to panicking and running off a cliff in the same manner.
3: I don't think any of that shit was hypothetical. I think it all happened. It didn't hypothetically happen. It wasn't a hypothetical pandemic. A million Americans, a million, 1.1 million Americans died. Even if you don't like the the response to it or whatever, that doesn't mean that the whole thing was hypothetical. You could disagree with the response and still believe that the pandemic was not hypothetical. And he said hypothetical twice. It's like he just learned that word, but I don't think he learned that word recently. I think he uh, just fucking malfunctioned. So now here's uh, Constantine Kissin. Um, in case anybody's unaware, uh, he added a laugh track to his uh, stand-up routine that he put on um, on YouTube, and I have uh, captured it for my soundboard. It's this laugh track specifically. I pulled it out. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking '90s sitcom. So here's uh, old Constantine kissing on why people don't like Beef and Benzos, Jordy Pete.
18: The short, the Cliff Notes version is they hate him because he wants men to be better, and he has a positive message for men. The reason start that Jordan shit at home. He came out and he unapologetically. Uh, wanted men to be better. He wanted everyone to be better. And that's one of the other reasons they didn't like him, of course. And I think the reason that Jordan Peterson came under attack is because not only uh, was he trying to tell men and women, but particularly men to be better, he also embodied traditional masculine virtues. No, no. Lies.
2: Lies. Lies.
3: (laughs) Bad stats added that there at the end. I don't think like, and I'm not even a big fan, as you may know, of this idea of like this kind of hyper fucking masculine version of men that some of these people think they aspire to. But if we were to take what we believe the properties of that are and then try to apply them to Jordan Peterson, it wouldn't map on very well, except that he's rich and like, it engages in abusive behavior online when when people like disagree with him. But other than that, these these, these kind of hypermasculine this bullshit about hypermasculinity or whatever it doesn't map. Dude's affect isn't what certain people would call traditionally masculine, and that's fine. That's not my problem with him at all. My problem is what the fuck comes out his mouth, right? <laughs> like I don't care really how he says it. I care what the fuck comes out his mouth. And that's why people don't like him. It's because of what the fuck comes out his mouth. It isn't because he tried to tell men and boys to be better. It isn't because he's fucking some kind of masculine dude. It's because of what the fuck comes out his mouth and what he's written in his books. And, that's why, and what he puts on Twitter, that's why people don't like him. It's because he's an asshole and he's a bigot. And most people, I think, think he can go fuck himself. And uh, with that, that's the end of the podcast show. Uh, live listeners, stick around. We're not going anywhere. Just going to change the color of the lights change the content of my beverage and uh we'll go into some red light stories this week i have uh, a story about a dude whose prayers took out the power grid in 2007 uh, bob larson is still alive and hates leprechauns we got lynn witski's a flat earther now we'll check in on a little little Nikki fuentes here we got biden's been replaced by a body double again and then uh michael Flynn went on alex jones's show we'll play a couple clips of that flying a little close to the tos sun if we play too much of that we got Q versus Q. We got uh, Tim Pool on classical liberalism and uh, trans folks. And then Tim Poole with a message to the Miami Police Department. And we got some good advice from a lawyer. And then we got Madison Starmoon is making medium to long form videos again. And this one is called This Is What We're Up Against. And it isn't about me. Uh, if you're listening to podcast, you want the rest of this, patreon.com slash echoplex. You get the entire audio and video capture of it. You can also just email me, echo at echoplexmedia.com. I'm not going to literally make you pay five dollars to get that i'll just send it to you um it was boomers by periscope and uh i'll see everybody on the flip side for red light
0: We're doing at Ecoplex and aren't into Twitch. Please join our Patreon at patreon.com/echoplex. For five dollars, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3, even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Ecoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at ecoplexmedia.com/support.